Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Today's episode is a bit different than the usual episode as what you'll hear today is part of an interview I did with my friends and podcast colleagues, Jeff and Henry at the Badminton Podcast a few weeks ago. It's not the full interview though. If you want to hear that, you should check out episode 86 of the Badminton Podcast. It was released on April 25th. The part you'll hear today on this podcast is all about my take on the proposed new scoring system that all the member associations will vote about on May 22nd. You'll get to hear why I'm more concerned about the change for badminton at recreational level than I am for us pros, but also why I actually disagree with some of my colleagues on how much say we should have in the matter. I thought I had a pretty good chat with Jeff and Henry about it, so hopefully you'll find it both entertaining and enlightening too. Before we get into it, I just want to make a quick shout out to my two newest patrons, Ian and Ahmed. So nice to have you guys on board. We are now on 52 patrons. It's amazing to see the number keep growing step by step all the time. So thanks so much to all of you guys for supporting me. And thanks to those of you who joined my Patreon exclusive Q&A the other day. Despite a few technical difficulties, I apologize for that. I thought it turned out really well, so I'm already excited for the next Patreon exclusive live session that will be next month. If you want to be able to join that one and the future ones, please go sign up on patreon.com slash And remember, you can support with any amount you see fit and you can stop your donations at any time whenever you want to. Thanks everyone, enjoy today's podcast. Now, HK, as a veteran podcast host now and a two-time guest of the Babington Podcast, we will do something a little bit different here. Um, so for those of you who are listening and would really like to know HK's story, then make sure to check out episode 17. But today we're going to talk about sort of what's happening in the world of Badminton. Uh, the story is kind of very different from where you are around the world with ongoing lockdowns affecting millions of other people. Um, and there isn't really much certainty out there, even with, you know, the, the professional circuit and the tournaments. Now, one of those uncertain things is what will the future of our scoring system look like? Now, as we all know, matches are currently played in a best of three format with the winner of each game being the first to 21 points. Now, before we talk about what's being proposed by the BWF, HK, you've been in the sport long enough to have been through some of the scoring system changes. So mm. can you give us your experience of the various scoring systems? Yeah, well, I played with the uh, old system where you played to 15 and you had to hold the serve to actually score points. Um, and I've tried the best of five to 11 with the running score like now. I've tried uh, to play it actually both with setting at the end of the games, so up to 15, but I also tried it where you just finish at 11-10 if, if that's the score. I even tried the best of five to seven, I think it was, uh, where you still had to have the serve as well to, to score points. Mm -hmm. And I even tried one tournament in Denmark where they were trying the best of five to nine oh, wow. with uh, the score system where you needed to have the serve to uh, hold the serve to uh, to um, to score points. 
And I say, like in general, my experience is that the running score system is definitely uh, an upgrade in terms of uh, the excitement of of badminton. Um, not not for me as a player, but more as a spectator. Uh, I think what what goes, uh, what I, for each of those systems, I would say my love of the game and my enjoyment of playing is exactly the same. It makes absolutely zero difference for me if i play to 15 to 7 to 21 it's all the same i just love playing badminton uh, it's it's really that simple for me of course the dynamics of the game change a little bit in terms of also your your thoughts on court and stuff like that but the love of the game is exactly the same for me when i play uh, but i do see the differences in terms of excitement as a uh, as a spectator depending on on the system um and I would never want to go back to the system where you need to hold the score, uh, hold the serve to score. Um, but yeah, if uh, before going too much into the the new proposal from BWF, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of the current system. I like uh, what I like with with this system is that there's a I would call it a grind to kind of get to the deciding points. Uh, you need you need to be able to withstand that physical grind there is uh, midway through the games and i kind of like that uh, i don't think the physicality will disappear in the new system but it, it was it would just you'll have to go further into the matches before the physical part actually plays a part uh, and i i'm a physical badminton player so i uh, i prefer the current system um, but again i'm going to enjoy playing just as much no matter what the scoring system is and that that is my experience over the years Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think that a lot of people can agree with you that the 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 rally we call it rally point basically where you can win uh win the point on any rally, not mm-hmm. just the one that you serve, has definitely made the game probably more exciting um from from a spectator perspective. But I think also from a player perspective, it, I think a lot of people do do appreciate that as well. Now, with the proposed changes now from the BWF, which is going to be best of five sets to 11 points, so that that format, and of course their idea in doing that is to increase the excitement and to make it more television friendly, which we don't disagree that that is something that badminton needs. We need to be more in, on television more. We need to be broadcasted more all over the world so that everyone can learn to appreciate how amazing the sport is regardless of the scoring, right? Um and this is going to be proposed. This is proposed to start after the Tokyo 2020 or this year's 2021 um, Olympic and Paralympic Games. So, if let's just say it did go through, um, what do you think will happen? As in, what do you see the changes being to the game? Maybe as you speak from a from an athlete or a player perspective, as well as maybe a spectator, do you think it's going to achieve those goals that they've set out to, to achieve with this score change? I think they will definitely achieve some of the goals. Uh, one of the other goals is to shorten uh, the length of the matches uh, as well. Uh, and I have no doubt that that will happen in the start. Uh, we also, we tested this scoring system before. Um, we had a full year of the Danish league playing with it, but there were also a few events back in 2017, uh, 18, where they were testing it before voting uh, about the change back in, in 2018. And everything uh, looked like they were gonna, yeah, it, it would be shorter matches in general. Uh, and that, that's actually the one thing I don't like about it. Uh, I think it's uh, the wrong direction to go that, that we want to shorten our matches. Uh, I think on average, 
high level badminton is uh, around 40, 45, uh, 50 minutes, something like that. I, I don't see that as too long, not at all. Uh, football matches are 90 minutes, uh, tennis matches even longer. Uh, and actually, on the contrary, I would prefer that the best matches, they go all on even longer. Because if you look at the All England final with Victor Axelsen and, and Lee Sijia, it was one hour and 10 minutes, I think. I, I wasn't bored at any point. That, that's exactly the matches that you want to to uh, to prolong. But that, that is going to be one of the effects, especially in the beginning, that the matches will be shorter. I think, as many others also say, that the game will probably be a bit more aggressive because people will feel like they need to uh, dominate and control the game a little bit faster. You can't try and just... Uh, wear down your opponent uh, or at least I think people will have that mindset in the start that you need to be more aggressive from the start uh, but I think that is going to fade out uh, slowly because the exact same thing happened when we changed from the 15 system to 21 that people thought now you can't just sit back uh, anymore you need to be aggressive from the start you need to go all out because every point counts and that's what we saw in the beginning. And now I think Babson is back to being, especially in, in singles categories, more all-round game. You play a lot on physique and trying to tire your opponent a little bit before being aggressive and going for your counter-attacking opportunities. And I, yeah, I think that will happen with the 11-point the system a few years down the road as well. Because if there's one thing we're good at uh, in the world-class level, it is to adapt. We, we adapt all the time to changes in different uh, playing styles and stuff like that. So there's no doubt to me that people are going to adapt at this level. I'm a little bit more curious to see what is going to happen on recreational level, actually. Um, that's my biggest concern about the change, that I don't think it's a good road to go down in terms of recreational badminton players. And we only like, I don't know, 500 professional badminton players in the world, if we even that many. So I think it's they should be more concerned about how it affects the millions of badminton players that are out there. Um, and I'm actually a little curious to hear you, Henry, what 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 you think about it in terms of you would would you think it's better to play these faster games compared to the longer ones? Because I guess you're also a badminton player where you you play because you enjoy the game and you also want to do a healthy workout, right? And now they're actually shortening those workouts, right? Yeah. Well, interestingly, HK. You know, I'm quite the polar opposite of you. I'm not a very physical uh, badminton player. Uh, and that was illustrated on the uh, weekend when I decided to try and play uh, a competitive singles tournament for the first time in about eight years and and realized that I had forgotten how to move around the court. And the court was actually quite deceptively big. Um, so I think from, from, from my perspective, what would benefit me the most is sort of that 11 point. But I think... As far as if I were to play singles again, but I think from a social badminton perspective, I'm also quite curious to see what would happen there. I think when we shifted from the 15 point to the 21 point system, there was sort of this lag behind behind the change. So when we went when I went to social badminton, people would still prefer to play the 15 point system, and I can imagine that with this change, no one's going to want to play an 11 point game and then have to rotate off the court. I'm pretty pretty confident that most of the players that I know of are going to want to and prefer playing 21 points because it just gives them more time to actually get some physical kind of workout, even if it is a social level play. Um, so yeah, I think 
I, th I think it's going to be a weird one. Um, and I really do hope that it, you know, I guess for, for me and Jeff, you know, and, and yourself, you know, loving the sport so much and you want to see the, the sport grow. Um, I just worry that we're taking a step back in, in doing this. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I am very curious to see what's going to happen there. Now, I guess that, that moving on from that is is I wanted to actually get your, your perspective um, on something because uh, from what we could tell uh, from other badminton players, uh, out there professional wise it didn't seem like the BWF had much you know consultation with the professional badminton players um, now that may or may not be true um, but yeah I'd like I just want to get your thoughts on you know had had BWF consulted yourself or other players out there just to seek your opinion as to what you would think um, it would do to the game yeah well I think some players have been a little bit harsh on BWF on this matter, actually. Um, there's lots of things that BWF can do better, no doubt about that. But I think in this case, uh, they've actually done what, what they should do. Uh, first of all, it's not the BWF who are actually putting forward the suggestion. That was the case back in 2018. But this time, it's actually the Indonesian Badminton, uh, Indonesian Badminton Association and the Maldives. Uh, and they're backed by Badminton Asia, uh, the confederation as well. So it's actually those three who put forward the suggestion. So PWF, they can't really do anything apart from accepting that it's being put forward. And then the member associations will vote for it. On, I think it's the 22nd of May. Uh, in terms of PWF asking us, the top players, uh, about it, they haven't done that directly, but we do have two spots on the uh, on the board uh, of the council of BWF. So we are represented by uh, Mark Sweeple, is the chair of the Athletes Commission right now. Uh, so of course, it's it's his job to kind of convey our thoughts about it. But I think like uh, everyone else, there's no consensus that everyone wants the same uh, to keep this system or get the new one. So it's difficult to say what we as players. Uh, a professional players want but I'm also a little bit against the f the opinion that uh, we should have a big say I think we already have a big say in terms of we have this spot at the council but again we are only 500 400 whatever number of badminton players and this is a change to the laws of badminton it affects millions of badminton players of course we are important as the the top level players as role models and stuff like that but this is a change that's much more important than for than just for the current group of top players. This is for all badminton players. So I don't think we should have a bigger say than we do. And that's why I think people have been a little bit harsh on BWF because I, I don't see what they should have done different in uh, in this case, uh, in this particular case. There are other cases where I, uh, I don't think people are too harsh on them. But that's for another podcast. That's another, that's another episode. <laughs> No, I think, yeah. HK, that's a really interesting perspective and something that I certainly didn't think about. So thanks for bringing that forward to, to our attention as to, yeah, it, it is really about the bigger picture, isn't it? it? It is, there are a few hundred of you professional players, but then it affects Henry who plays at the local club. It affects our friends who play, yeah, recreationally as well. So that's a really good perspective to have. And at the end of the day, it's just what's best for the sport yeah. and, I'm sure the BWF do have that in mind as to what's the best for the sport as well. Yeah, definitely. And if I can just interrupt you, because I, ha I have one more point that I, I wanted to get across that if players don't feel like they've been heard enough, I think it also, it's down to the fact that they don't know 
how the political system works. So I don't think they are actually necessarily aware that if they want their voice to be heard, it would make more sense for a, a guy like Victor Axelsen to put pressure on the Danish association because those are the guys who actually have a lot of votes at the AGM in, in May. And that's the same that Momota should do. He should, he should speak to the Japanese Federation or uh, um, yeah, Sindhu should talk to the Indian uh, Association because those are the votes that are actually going to decide if there's going to be a change or not. We can talk as much as we want to BWF, but there's no one hired by BWF that's going to vote about this. Um, of course, BWF, the guys working in the office, they want the change because those were the guys that proposed it back then, but they don't really have any power to change it. They don't have power to change the laws of badminton. So I think players, if they really care strongly about it, they should try and convince the federations what the right choice is. But yeah, I don't think a lot of players actually know this is how the system works. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> I think that's a, a very, very good point for, for everyone out, out there to hear. Um, so HK, before we move on, um, we I just wanted to ask you, because you did say that you have played in this point system before in the Danish league, um, just just from your opinion, how did that go with the with the players? Did how did you go in the league? How did the players find it? Just it might be a bit of a a test demo or a bit bit of an example as to what the players actually felt like and how were the how were the matches were they those really attacking games that we think they're going to be well i think generally uh the singles players seem to find it uh fine like some players of course liked it more than 21 but it, it wasn't like people felt a huge difference in singles whereas the doubles players generally didn't like it because they felt like the matches never really got any kind of rhythm because um, it, it was often just serve return third shot and, and that was about it and then you were already at the end of uh, end of the games before you really started uh, yeah knowing your opponent and getting into this uh, rhythm with a, a little bit of longer rallies um, so i i think that was the general feeling that singles players enjoyed it more than the doubles players uh, I did feel like it was a more aggressive game at the time, but uh, what I thought was also quite interesting was that, yes, maybe you saw a few more surprises, but it was still the best players who won. And I think you will see that as well, that it, it's not like we changed the scoring system and Momota and Victor are not the best anymore. Of course, they're still two of the best players because they, they, as I said before, we adapt really well and they're going to adapt as well. Uh, that's some of the things they do the best and they're, they're still the best players. The same goes for women singles, women doubles and so on. Um, so yeah, we might see a few more surprises and we did that in the league as well. But overall, the experience was that it's still the best players who are the best players. It, it's it's just like that. Um, but but I, I think it's more suited for singles uh, straight out of the, uh, yeah, straight out of the block. Uh, I think doubles will take a bit longer to adapt. Yeah, you just have to come out firing in doubles when you just to get to the, those eleven points. You know, you get you get through your first first five points and it's almost over. Uh, so it'll yeah, it'll be definitely very interesting to see that play out. Um, and as you said, you know, the most successful players will be able to adapt, um, and, and the best players will you know always be the best players. Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Vittinghus.
If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share, and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.